Matthew and Luke about Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and the Magi and King Herod. Uh, again, just to see what it says. And one thing that jumped out at me this time is how often there is praise and worship. For instance, Mary uh, said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And she goes on and on for several stanzas. So she sings a song of praise. Zechariah, relative of Jesus and father of John the Baptist, when he finds out about the baby and that his wife will give birth to the forerunner of Jesus, says, Praise be to the God, Lord the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Say that with me. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Then the angels, who announced the news to the shepherds, says a great company, the heavenly host, appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Same with the shepherds. Shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they'd heard and seen. The old man Simeon, when he saw the Christ child, took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you've promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Basically, he's saying, I'm ready to die now. And his final words are words of praise. Matthew's Gospel. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to do what? Worship. Praise him. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and praised him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The word praise is found 363 times in the Bible. It is all over the place. Psalm 146 says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. You hear that? I'm going to praise the Lord as long as I live, all the days of my life. I'm going to make praise a priority in my life. Praise the Lord is mentioned four times in those two verses. And when God repeats himself, pay attention. Always. Because repetition implies importance. It's like he's saying, like some of you parents might say to your kids, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. You need to praise the Lord. 363 times. That's one for every day of the year except two. You get two days off. Otherwise... Praising God is good for you. You need it. It's healthy. Now, I know some of you prefer sermons over the music part of the worship. Others of you prefer the worship part over the sermons. I tend to be more of a sermon type of guy for obvious reasons. Uh, you learn about God and life and truth, and of course you do in the music too. But uh, people who are more verbally, I think, cognitive-oriented uh, tend to more like the sermons. doesn't mean you're smarter. You're just made that way, and, and that's wonderful But you need more than sermons and learning. You need praise and worship. So we're going to do a little praising this morning. I want you to lift your hands right now. Praise your we're going to read this, read this with me. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How long? As long as I live. Okay. I've read about a an avid rose gardener, and he was known for having the community's most beautiful and healthy roses. He did everything humanly possible to prune, protect, and nourish those bushes into maximum health and productivity. He did it with discipline and perseverance. He didn't mind the early mornings or even gardening that sometimes took him out into the night. His wife thought he was a little nuts, and his friends wondered what it was about roses that hooked this guy, but nothing weakened his resolve. 
And then one Friday evening, after three hours of Rose work, he was looking out the window as he washed his hands in the kitchen sink, and it struck him that all of a sudden, the one thing he had not done in all those years with roses, the one thing was he had not enjoyed them. He had studied them, he had cultivated them, pruned them, given bunches of roses to others, he watered them, he had long discussions with other roses about roses, but with all that time invested in roses, he had not taken the time to enjoy the fruits of his labor. So he decided, I'm going to enjoy my roses. And the next morning he went out and sat in his rose garden and just sat. Didn't work, he would just sit, watch, listen, and enjoy. And for hours he just sat there and noticed how every branch of each bush was unique. He noticed the individual curvature and placement of each one. He watched the insect civilization attach itself to each bush. He was awestruck by the precise and delicate architecture of each blossom. He could not believe how each red petal wasn't really one shade of red, but actually with several hues of red coursing through it and gave it its red appearance. And it may be a little weird to say, but he said those hours before that rose bush changed him. Those hours gave him back his sight. They made him thankful. They made him smile. They filled him with mystery and joy. And most importantly, he said they caused him to worship. A few months ago, one of our elders recommended I read a book called Dangerous Calling. And it's about the dangers of ministry and church work. And for any of you who are volunteering, this would go for you too, anyone in ministry. And if I were to sum the book up, it says that just as an expert in roses can miss out on the delight and the beauty and the joy and worship, ministers can lose that as well. And so can you. We need praise. We need to enjoy our Lord, exalt in Him, spend time with Him. West, the Westminster Catechism says, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Our calling is worship. It is our privilege and our joy to praise the Lord like Mary did and Zechariah and the angels and the shepherds and Simeon and the wise men. This Christmas, praise the Lord. Psalms is the songbook of the Bible. We know that. And the final verse of Psalms, again, is our most basic calling. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. We were created to praise. Now, praise is more than exuberance. It's, it's a whole lifestyle, of course. But I think we miss something when we don't have the exuberance. When we were kids, uh, I couldn't help but to think of this when I was working on this sermon. We used to sing a chorus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. How many of you remember that? Okay, very good, very good, because I'm going to have you sing it a little bit here, okay? <laughs> now, you're, you know, you have to divide this in two. You have to do one side, hallelujah, 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 praise. And you have a contest so you can sing the loudest. Now, with kids, they really shout it and everything like that. So, so we're, if you see this line here? That's the dividing line. If you're on that side, and if you're sitting on the line, you can choose. They need you more over there, so go over to that side. There's less people on that side, okay? And then you're over there. You're the hallelujahs, and you're praise the Lord. By the way, what's hallelujah mean? Praise you to the Lord. So we're just going to repeat over and over, basically, the, the same thing. So, ready? Now, you have to stand up when you sing, too. Are you ready? Now, if you can't stand, okay, just now stand up when you sing and then sit down. So you stand up first. I'll give directions. All right, here we go. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Come on. 
Everybody, praise ye the Lord. Wouldn't you be much healthier if you did that every day? Really, just up and down, up and down would be healthier. That song is all repetition, all repetition. But in the Bible, there's a lot of repetition. We're commanded over and over and over to praise the Lord. The word praise is in there 363 times for a reason. And God does not want us to praise and worship just because it's commanded. Well, yeah, we're supposed to worship and I'll have to praise the Lord. It needs to be a response. It needs to be a joy. I want to praise the Lord. I can't help it. If you go to the Grand Canyon or someplace like that, what do you say? Wow. Well, that's a form of praise. That's a response to what you've noticed. It's natural when you see something like that. Your kids does something incredibly, incredibly well. You say, good job. You praise them. It's just natural. You hear the good news. It's not cancer. Praise the Lord. It's just natural. Someone finally gave their life to Christ. Praise the Lord. Or you recognize, get a new insight about who God is. Wow. Or what he's done. Double wow. So praise is a natural response to who he is and what he's done. And that's why it's better, more, it's good for us to learn more and more about this God so we can praise him better. And you just come to this point, I can't help but to praise him. It's just a natural response. Last summer, I took a day just to praise the Lord. And I took a retreat for a couple hours and read through some of the Psalms and I was looking for all the elements of praise. And here's some of what I read. I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths. Sing to the Lord, you saints, of his praise, his holy name, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Good reason to praise. You turn, you turn my wailing into dancing. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. And I had a hard time really putting the Psalms down. It was so fun to search for all the praises, and there's a lot in there. Like Psalm 9, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of your wonder, so I need to speak it. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, almost high. So I need to tell it, I need to be glad, and I need to sing. I'm going to do a whole sermon on singing next year. It is one of the most important things you can do in life is to sing. I want to preach on it right now, but I'm not going to. But you need to sing. It's good for you. Psalm 18.3, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. I am saved from my enemies. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Your soul needs praise, needs to praise him. It is just healthy for you. Psalm 105, sing praise to him, glory in his name. Psalm 106, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness, love endures forever. Psalm 108, I will sing and make music with all my soul. And as you get toward the end of the Psalms, there's more and more praise. It's building to this crescendo. Psalm 134, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. I want you to lift up your hands right now. Let's sing the rest, uh, sing, speak the rest of that. Praise the the Lord. Praise the name. Praise him, you servants of the Lord. Next one. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. And one more, I think. Yep. Praise be to the Lord, my rock. 145. I'll praise your name forever and ever. Psalm 146. Praise the Lord, O my soul. 146, by the way, begins with praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. Psalm 147, begins with praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. Psalm 148, begins with praise the Lord, ends with praise the Lord. Same thing, 149, they all begin and end with praise. And then Psalm 150, I want you to read this with me, because this is the climax. Raise your hand, stand up and raise your hands. We're going to praise the Lord, okay? Let's do it. Getting exercise today. Okay, here we go. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. 
Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Very good. You may be seated. I wanted to clash the cymbals, but they're electronic, so that won't work. (laughs) Praise starts every line. God is worthy. There is no one deserving more of our praise. So when Jesus was born, how can we not praise the Lord? What would your life look like without praise? Wouldn't have much passion, not much heart or joy, no enthusiasm, not a lot of motivation, be pretty bland, because you were made to praise. A.W. Tozer said, worship is man's full reason for existence. Worship is why we are born and why we are born again. Romans 12.1 says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. That is your true and proper worship. Think of it this way. How important is praise and adoration in any relationship? How would your friendship or your marriage or your family be without any praise or thanksgiving? What do they say? You need 10 positive interactions for every one negative in order to have a good relationship. Why do we think that would be different with God? If you're always complaining about things and never content, I'm guessing your relationship with God just isn't that good. Now, he wants us to be honest, and he wants us to hear our complaints, but he is worthy of praise no matter what. So, so I want to ask you, where would you place yourself honestly on the praise scale? Are you a dud or are you a praiser? Ask your wife. Ask your kids or a co-worker. You know, where am I? Am I a dud or am I a praiser? One of the things that happens as we get older is we become more me. I become more who I am as I get older. And so if your whole life has been on this trajectory of praise, you're going to blossom into this gracious, grateful person as you get older. Some of you are already there. But if your whole life has been on this trajectory of grumbling, we don't want to be around you when you get older. Because praise affects your horizontal life. It affects how you relate to the world and those around you. It's hard to criticize and be hateful towards someone when you're praising God. Maybe that's why Jesus said, if you have something against another person, you get that worked out as quickly as you can, and then you come and offer your sacrifice to God, because it is impossible to be hateful towards someone and then come and praise God. It's hard to yield to temptation when you're praising Him. I think you could probably do it, but it's harder. Praising Him overcomes self-pity. Praising Him overcomes pride, because you realize how dependent you are on Him. It's harder to be negative toward people when you're praising the Lord. Praise the Lord, but I hate that idiot just doesn't work. Praise helps with temptation. You see that pretty girl. Thank you for creating beauty, Lord. So instead of lusting after the creature, you praise the creator. It works. Praise keeps thanksgiving from becoming self-oriented. See, thanksgiving can actually be pride-inducing. I'm thankful that I got things so good. I'm thankful that I have lots of money and lots of friends and good family. My kids are just perfect. Hear the pride in that? Praise focuses on the giver, the object. Thanksgiving so, so often pray, focuses on me and what I receive. Praise focuses on the source, and it's healthy. Last summer, I had a minor irritation called a flat tire. Flat tires are minor until they happen. And they never happen at a good time. We were in Indianapolis on our way home, 
on the interstate and the tire pressure sign comes on. By the time we got to an exit, it was completely flat. We pull into a lot with a just tiny little bit of shade, but just enough for us to change the flat in the shade. It's in July when it's really hot. And Ellen starts praising the Lord. She says, praise the Lord for a shady spot to change the tire. And then she says, praise the Lord for the lug nuts coming off. Because we remember just a few days earlier seeing someone who had a flat tire and the lug nuts had been stripped. And then she said, praise the Lord that they came off so easily because sometimes they can get rusted on. And then she said, praise the Lord, we had no grandkids with us. We just spent the weekend with or a couple of days with those three little boys, and we were tired, and praise the Lord, we didn't have to deal with them and a flat tire on a hot sunny day. We get that donut tire put on, and I could tell it was not right, so I measured or checked it, it says 25 pounds, needs to have 50 to 80. So I go to a gas station where it costs a buck 50 for air. It didn't work, wasted that dollar 50. Go to another gas station, and it's also a buck fifty. But on the machine, it says it'll kick off at thirty-two pounds. So I figured, well, that's a waste. So we go by a mobile station that has service uh, sheds there, service doors, and they were all shut down. It's five five thirty on a Saturday, but right next to the mobile was a Jiffy Lube. So I pull up in the Jiffy Lube. Don't you know? No one inside. It's closed. It's five thirty on Saturday. We went around front, saw two cars, and I almost didn't stop because there was two or three big guys sitting in the hoods of these cars, and they are of the wrong ethnic group and had long, gross hair. But I stopped and asked about the Jiffy Lube, and they said it closed at 5. But one of them was an employee, and I told him our situation, and he said the compressor was already turned off. I said, I will pay you for some air. And he did open it up, turned on the compressor. He was very nice about it. He checked all the tires. And so I wondered, how much should I give him? And I asked Ellen, how much should I pay him? She asked, well, how much is it worth to you? At that point, probably about $1,000. <laughs> I gave him 25 And I said, I hope that's enough. And he said, oh, that's more than enough. So much for social profiling. Praise the Lord for Jiffy Lube. I have never praised the Lord for Jiffy Lube before. Praise the Lord for my inaccurate social profiling. We could only go 50, so we debated. Go interstate or take the back roads from Indy to come home, and we decided to take the back roads. And the first town we come to, I'm telling the truth, you can look this up, Smartsburg, Indiana. Normally, I'd consider that an oxymoron, Smartsburg, Indiana. But Ellen saw it another way. She saw it as confirmation from the Lord that we made a smart move and took the right road. And we did. We saw new scenery, great food at a local restaurant. We saved money on gas because we could only go 50 miles an hour, and I like saving uh, on that. Ellen's just praising the Lord for all these things, and it becomes contagious. I should praise the Lord, too. By the way, most of the back roads between here and Indianapolis are smoother than the interstate, except Highway 10 here in Illinois. Praise the Lord for another way home, and praise the Lord for a wife who praises the Lord. And she took a situation that usually makes me grumble and just turned it into praise, just a little thing. And there's much, much greater pits in life than a flat tire, but praise the Lord for the things you normally don't when things go wrong. See, I know not all praise is easy or fun. Job, in the midst of life's deepest pains and most gut-wrenching losses, he says, though he slay me, even if he takes my life. See, Job realized God gave him a gift, and that gift is praise. And after losing his family, his crops, his cattle, and his health, 121, he says, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Wow.
I'm not sure I can do that. But praise is a gift, a transforming gift. There's a song entitled, Though You Slay Me, Yet I Will Praise You. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song to the one who's all I need. And that's the key, that last line, to the one who's all I need. As I read through the Psalms, there's a lot of laments in there. In fact, I think over half the Psalms are laments. Hurt and pain and suffering and loss, lamenting tough things, and even many of the lamenting Psalms contain praise. Even in loss, praise the Lord because of who he is and what he's done. It is a gift. Praise can change your perspective, your relationships, your life. In praising the Lord in the midst of hard times, is that a denial of reality? I don't think so, because in the Psalms, they're not denying it. Job didn't deny his reality. The pain is very real and sometimes brutal. But there's still praise. Praise is a recognition of the ultimate reality. And the ultimate reality that supersedes everything or anything we might experience is God. I want to read from one more psalm. I wish I had it up there, but I put this in last minute. Psalm 42. I just read this last night. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? There's no denial of reality there. Why are you so downcast? Why so disturb me? Dis- disturbed within me? And then he says, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Praise is good for you. You need it. And there's opportunities every moment to praise him. I walk into the basement of the sanctuary building over on Saturday, on Saturday night, and I see someone preparing communion for Sunday and praising the Lord while doing it. I see someone vacuuming here in the Family Life Center Worshiping as they vacuum. Can you mow the lawn and trim the weeds as a duty or as a praise? Can you pick up chairs after the service today as a duty or as a praise to God? Is your ministry a duty or a praise? Can you love your family as a duty or a praise? Is your life a dud or is it a praise? So I want us to praise the Lord today. I, just, I, I want to ask you all to sing. Even if you don't sing, even if you can't sing, one of the most frequent commands in the Bible is to sing. It is commanded, and it's good for you. And we're going to sing a song you all know, Joy to the World. So I want you to stand. I'm going to pray. And then our worship leaders will lead us in this song. Lift your hands to the Lord as I pray, okay? Lord, how can we not praise you? Even though our finite minds cannot come close to comprehending who you are and what you've done, we know enough that you are worthy of all our praise. And I pray there will be a people of praise, a church of praise, a people that sings, a people that rejoices in you, our Savior. Lord, just open our eyes more clearly to see who you are, and our response will naturally be praise. Amen. Let's sing.